This podcast is brought to you by Ideate and Execute. Do you want to drive innovation in your organization, futurize your enterprise, ideate massively valuable new products, or execute them to market? Then contact us today at ideateandexecute.com and get started. Why listen to the past when you can listen to the future? Welcome to the Think Future Podcast, broadcasting from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We focus on innovation, startups and the future, not necessarily those and not necessarily in that order. Here's your host. Great to finally meet you, because this is how we meet each other nowadays. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization and what you're passionate about? Sure. My name is Jonathan Heike. I have been a software developer for the last 20 years, even though I may not look like it. Um, Still? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I started this stuff back when DOS was the main thing. You know? Oh my and, God, uh, DOS. And, uh, and so I, I am passionate about software development first, but um, actually through a bunch of life events and things that have happened to me throughout my career, et cetera, I've really developed a large spiritual base. And that foundation has really carried me through a ton of other stuff and unlocked and opened a lot of doors for me. Um, so now I use those things both in my business with with my current position job, as well as personally to help others grow, evolve and transform their lives. Nice. Nice. Very cool. So what do you want to talk about first? Well, well anything you'd like, actually. Um, <laughs> you know, we can we can start at any at end of the spectrum all the way from you know, how did I do this software stuff? I'm originally from Western Pennsylvania, a small mm-hmm. town. And, uh, you know, so how did I get all the way to California? Or, you know, we can even go with the, the, the kind of crazier experiences, which is, you know, I had a near death experience in 2016 after running a race. And, uh, and fell at the end of the finish line. And that Jeez. is kind of the catalyst for a lot of the spiritual growth and transformation that I've done. So Wow. So what did you do before that? So you, you were a software developer and what, what kind of what kind of things did you develop? Yeah, sure. So uh, once upon a time, um, I lived on the East Coast. I had my own business, Computer John Productions. I still have that business, actually. And, um, and I developed software for medium and small businesses originally. And I made a lot of websites for Fortune 500 companies as well, marketing websites for stuff like Sony or JetBlue or Norwegian Cruise Lines, all through digital marketing agencies. Um, and the smaller stuff- Is that stuff, like back when you could charge a million dollars for one web page, or no? Yeah, pretty much. That was that was kind of <laughs> that was kind of the uh, the you know the golden days of web design, yeah. right? Where where you know, you'd get a project for a small company and it's ten thousand bucks to build them a website. And I know you know, that like now it's like that's never gonna. Yeah, now it's free, right? You just That's download right. WordPress, it's, it's find well, theme, and bam, gonna, you're done. <laughs> yeah, we just want this Wix site set up now. Yeah, I know. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so that that was where I started, and um, I kind of transitioned away from you know the little one-off websites to more corporate-style stuff and larger entities. Um, I I worked on a very large project for public storage, and um, and that was kind of what eventually led to me getting to California. Um, mm-hmm. That project was to replace their point of sale system to really bring them from where they were into the 21st century with new technology, iPads, interaction between the you know the teller and the customer, 
lot of things like that that was really cutting edge at the time. That let's see, that was like circa 2012, 2013, mm. something like that. Can you and, believe um, it's 10 years ago? I, wow. That's that seems crazy, right? Like it's, it's like time time doesn't really exist. <laughs> I know. I mean, I look at stuff that it was it's 10 years old and I'm like it feels like it's forever ago. It's like so ancient looking, right? I mean, yeah, that's that's what's crazy, right? It's like now yeah. the stuff it's like you try to project things 10 years out and it's like, well, you look 10 years back and it's like, wow, we, we wouldn't do anything that way anymore. I know. I know. Everything's totally different. So 100%. so but but that doesn't sound like software. That sounds like a Hardware, software. I mean, what? Why did you? A little bit, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I, I'm yeah. a tech enthusiast. I always have been. If you look around my office here, you can see like I've got a 3D printer back. Nice. I, I actually have I actually have another 3D printer in there. So um, so I do a bunch of stuff, a bunch of interaction type stuff like that. I, I I build my own tech toys too. If you've seen the latest Ghostbusters movie, there was a thing called the RTV remote trap vehicle, and I saw that and I was like, you know, they don't make these. And I really kind of want one. And uh, so, so if, if you're interested in that, I totally built one of those. And uh, nice. I, have to, I have to give praise to the um, Ghostbusters Facebook group. They, uh, the 3D printed, 3D printed props, Ghostbusters prop Facebook group really had a lot of great information. But I do have a, a ghost trap that goes 80 miles an hour. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I've always had this kind of marriage of hardware and software. There's there's a lot you can there's a lot you can do when you when you can can control both and um and so like i i've kind of taken that approach to things and then that led a lot into my position with with beck and Dick, Beckton dickinson mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and and so that's where that's where i'm currently at that's where i've been for the last almost seven years at this point as a uh, as a software engineer staff engineer etc and um working in their r d department on cutting edge innovative health technologies so you know it's it's healthcare is a very different kind of beast and up until this position i really didn't have a lot of knowledge of of what that whole industry looked like and i can tell you after being in it for the last seven years they definitely need us (laughs) (laughs) but you know every almost every industry needs to be disrupted but healthcare is 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 right on the edge but the, the problem is is that it's it's so heavily regulated so it's really tough to this do is, anything this interesting is the, this is the biggest challenge that bd faces yeah. with a lot of stuff honestly is yeah. is you know it, bd is a very large publicly traded company about 80,000 plus employees you know scattered across the world everything is you know oh, there's been a lot of acquisitions there's been a lot of stuff that they built from the ground up etc and just like you said everything is so heavily regulated it's like yeah. the uh, there's a, a the alaris pump which is used pretty much in every hospital that, that you go into, um, they, they just had a submission to work through some regulations with that, which is all clear and good to go. And everybody mm-hmm. is super happy about, but, but again, it's stuff like that, that, that can really hold up innovation in, in healthcare. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, how do you, how do you get innovative new things out the door then? Do you have to stick with software or, I mean, it sounds so like it's a, a really bit tough of marriage, Like, so what, what you kind of have to do is really look at the regulation space and say, okay, where can we provide value that doesn't cause flags to go up for regulation? So, right. so you know, you kind of have to take a, a step back to take a step forward at that point. And, and so 
you know, I can only talk so much about the things that we're doing because, you know, NDA. Obviously you can't, but right. So, so you have to stay within this box basically. However, that's, that, that is kind of the jam is that, you know, we, we find ways to say, okay, if I create a software solution and it hooks up to existing stuff, or I create a software solution for a new product, how is the interactions between that going to affect a patient? And, Mm -hmm. And so there's, you know, there's large groups of medical uh, professionals that we work with, consultants that we work with, um, and, and things like that to actually go through, okay, so where in this can we, can we make movement and where in this do we kind of have to back off? Right. So did you get into the healthcare space because of what happened to you or was that after the fact? It was actually during. So this is, that is such an interesting story too. So I moved out to California um, in 2016 and essentially I, I, I had finished up my public storage project and, and handed that off all nicely. And then I just, I had always known if I ever came to California, I'd move here. So mm-hmm. um, that's what happened. I had been yeah. coming for years and now I was like, okay, we don't need to live in upstate New York anymore. We've had 10 years of snow and punishment. And we're good. <laughs> and so uh, I, I actually, when I finished that project, I'd flown back to my place in Rochester and, uh, and I was there for like a day. And I said, you know what? Now's the time. Let's go. I bought a plane ticket for, to fly to San Diego. I flew out here and, uh, and it was for two weeks. In the first week, I found a job. In the second week, I found a house. I flew back home, packed all my stuff and drove across the country nice. to my new life in California. And so that was, so that was, um, the beginning of my relationship with BD. I started with them in October of 2016, and um, I didn't really know too much about them. I, I actually joined. I actually joined CareFusion, um, which CareFusion was acquired by BD actually earlier that year or the previous year. And so there was a lot of stuff with the acquisition that hadn't quite finished up yet. So right. it was a very interesting time coming in at that point because we were kind of BD and we're kind of not BD yet. So there was a little bit, a little bit of like. Where do I fall in this? And uh, and so that was like I said, October fifteenth, and on November eleventh is when I ran my race, mm. and for lack of a better word, died. Jeez, wow! I had no idea really at that point what BD even did. Um, they they have they have this amazing safety center tour. That um that almost anyone can go on it and employees go on it as a part of the new hire process. Well, it most of the time it's pretty booked up, so you, it's forty five or sixty or ninety days out instead of you know within the first thirty days. So yeah. I hadn't even taken the safety center tour when this all happened yet. Jeez. And so when I woke up in the hospital, and you can see this on the YouTube video, I'll give you the link for it too. Um, you, you know, I, I described the same thing. It's like, I'm looking around the room and I'm like, okay, that pump says care fusion on it or that, or you know, that ventilator says care fusion on it. And that, wow. and that, and that pump says BD on it. Wait a second. Like that's where I work. And I'm like, and so it's very <laughs> surreal because here I was like now, thought, am I in the office? Literally no. <laughs> every machine they make. And, uh, and it was, it was, it was kind of humbling as well. And, mm. you know, it gives you a different look at the place that you're working when those devices that you're making that you are claiming save people's lives are actually in the midst of saving yours. Right. So. Well, do you remember anything about the experience? Like, 
when you in, were in the hospital out of the hospital no in no in between <laughs> ah, ah, okay. you know the floating over your body part yeah you know, actually you... <laughs> um so so that's kind of that's kind of the the thing i do remember so mm -hmm. um from my experience what what happened from the from the you know, earthly angle was i crossed this finish line i did a, like a jump up for the camera thing and fell over and I got up and was humbled by my falling. <laughs> and so I walked my red face off. And, uh, and so, you know, when I heard the story of what happened, I, it's also described that I talked to this little girl. It was her first time volunteering. And she said, are you all right? And I looked back at her and said, oh, yeah, honey, I'm fine. And upon saying that, I fell to the ground. And that's when my heart stopped. And everybody rushed to save me. So that's, the, that's what I heard. Um, from my perspective, I, I stood up from, from this fall and I felt very embarrassed and I was walking that off. And the next thing that I remember, I was in this very dark place with a very bright light. And if, if you've ever had like a, a you know, flashlight shine right in your face or floodlight or seen the images of like a train light coming at you kind of thing, like, you know, just a bright light, not necessarily like a tunnel or something, but just this bright light. That's what I saw. And to, to describe, like, I thought about it, it, like, thought about the light and thought about being at it, and then I was, was kind of the thing. And um, and so that was the beginning of, of my experience outside of my body. Um, wow. I don't know how far you want me to go, but we can keep going all day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, what ha so, like, then you woke up in the hospital, and then when did you decide, you know, I need to take this different path? Is that yeah, immediately so, so, or? So, yeah, very much so. Um, basically, what ended up happening was when I, when I realized where I was at, in, like before waking up, right? When I realized where I was at in the midst of this you know, other space, you know, I, I, I had a lot of questions, which is very interesting to say because the way that I felt was I felt like I was connected to you know, all of me and all of my experiences and stuff. So I felt like I had more access to any knowledge that I would have as well. But I still had you know, questions that I wanted to ask people, right? And, and a lot of people will say it's like they see their mom, their dad, but I, I kind of was more like a Karen and and mm. wanted to talk to the manager. So, <laughs> so <laughs> did you did you did did like the smoke clear? Did it, did you feel like more clarity in your life or what? Yeah, and honestly, that's what happened. So through mm -hmm. all of through that whole experience. Um, I, I just felt like I was just gaining a whole lot of clarity. I felt like I was gaining a whole lot of understanding. I felt like I was really coming to terms with any beliefs that I had or any values that I had and how those now affected me with this new knowledge. Um, when I woke up in the hospital, it had been seven days. And, um, and to me, it felt like it had been about five minutes. So that was my first Oh my God, what happened? Yeah. How did, how, how am I perceiving that this was only five minutes when what I'm seeing now is that it's been a week and things that were just not possible with my mental model, like my dad and brother sitting across the room, they live 3000 plus miles away. There was no way for them to be across the room for me. So, you know, I started having this panic, this fear all of this stuff coming up where I'm like, Oh my God, what happened? Am I brain damaged? And, and like, and I couldn't even like, I went to pick my hands up and they were strapped down. I had tubes and wires through everything. I couldn't move. And, uh, and I just didn't even know what to do. And honestly, they're like, Oh, you want a pen to write? I'm like, yeah, totally. Like, what are you talking? Like, I just want to write what happened. Right. So like they hand me a pen and my hands didn't. 
Oh, so wow. I couldn't, I couldn't write. And I'm like, Oh, maybe text message. And like, and when that didn't work, I broke down. I, mm. I honestly was in complete tears because as a software engineer, if I can't type, I'm not a software engineer. Right. Yeah. So it was, it was starting to get pretty real. I couldn't move my legs. I couldn't type. Arms are tied down. Can't talk because I've got a ventilator in. And so I got pretty scared in that moment. Now, mind you, I just came back from this place where I've had all these realizations, right? And so I'm like, all right, none of this is really real. Mm. And we can affect this too. And so they were so like they they're like, Do you want to try writing again? And I shook my head yes. And I said yes. But you know, with with my head shake. And they handed me the marker again. And this time instead of putting it in my left hand, like I've done for the last 35 years at that point. Uh, I put the pen into my writing and I looked down at my hand and I mentally said, you have to work because nothing else does. Mm -hmm. And I wrote what happened on that piece of paper as if I've been right-handed my entire life. Whoa. I've been ambidextrous ever since. I can now wow. draw with both hands at the same time. hundred percent. Like, so that was an immediate affirmation that what happened to me was real and true. And yeah. I 100% can control my reality. And so that, that first moment was like, okay, I can communicate again. I know this all happened. I know where we're going. And then my legs didn't work. And oh, so, for the next, so for the next four days, I didn't sleep at all. I, uh, I just constantly worked on getting my legs to move. I, after running a race like that, the lactic acid settles in. Normally you would get up and move and walk around and stuff, which relieves that and takes it all out. Yep. I didn't. I laid in bed for seven days, right? So it was not the easiest of tasks to, to get going again. And when I finally did, it had been four days of just constant work. And so standing up at the end of my bed at that point, looking out the window at a brighter future where I was standing and walking felt like accomplishment to me. And that, and so that, that kind of solidified that I was living in a new mindset, a new world, a new life. And, and how can I use this for myself and others to, to bring this into everything? So that's. So, so was it, was it the actual experience while you were out or was it the realization afterwards that, you know, life is precious and time is limited and, you know, we, we, we got to do some y YOLO, right? I mean, <laughs> we're only here once. We only do it. We only go round one. Right. And I got, and I got a one up, right. Who, yeah. who gets a yeah. one up? Like exactly. nobody gets a one up. So like, mm -hmm. so that was, so, so yeah. So like, there's a little bit of both, right. I mean, some of the things that went on in, in, in my, you know, other place it, in my mind, it, wherever, whatever you want to call it. Some of the things that went on over there while I was gone, um, definitely impacted things today. Like I don't drink alcohol, um, at all. And, and if before, you, anyone else does, that's 100% fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's a yeah. choice that I've made based on what I saw for my path and to be able to do what I'm here to do. That was one, just one of the things, right? So, so like there were things like that that I came back already knowing that I was going to do. And then my experience after coming back has changed a lot of that too. Now, fast forward, and I've had additional life experiences, et cetera, that have pointed me further in that direction. And given me even more clarity, even to the point of like, I, I kind of shut the whole experience off for a few years and just didn't even, didn't even look at it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was, it was I, I'd talk to friends or close, 
close people or you know work people I work with and stuff like that for the first couple of years. Like it just kept kind of close with everything and not really not really speaking my truth to anyone. And then um and and then really it was the catalyst of my of my kids being born where I where I really realized you know what I want to be for them is the best version of me every day and what I want them to see is what I know that I'm here to do, bring spirit into form, make you know, make the world a better place, use the gifts that I have to impact the lives of others. Right. Yeah. So, so once, so, so when, when that happened and, and my, actually when my daughter was born, um, that was the, the final all in all done. Um, at that point in time, I weighed 260 pounds. I'm down to a spelt 170 at this Very point. nice. Uh, every, I need every, to know your secret. <laughs> <laughs> happy to help <laughs> everyone everyone can do it and and so that's so that's kind of th- those things combined really have shifted well, my life completely so there's there's tons of people who want to 180 their lives change it completely it sounds like that's what happened to you is there any way you can do this without some sort of catastrophic thing happening is there, are yeah, there ways- absolutely and that's and that's that's really that's really the point of why i started doing coaching because mm-hmm. having the experiences I've had, having the mentors and coaches and all that stuff that I've gone through, because I've done a lot of personal growth too. I came, I had a, I had a troubled childhood. I was bullied and stuff like that. So I had a lot of anger issues, you know, family life wasn't the greatest, you know, so there was things that I carried into my adulthood. Hell, I'll even tell you, I was Peter Pan. I, I mean, I, I tried not to grow up, right? Like I wanted to be the, you know, I, I think a lot be- of people are in that position right now because they're like, they're looking at the world and going, you know, I, I want to stay a kid. I don't want to grow up. I don't want to be an adult around here. And that's, and, are- that's, and that's where the kids came in. So it was, when I had them, it was like, oh, you know, Peter Pan can lead the Lost Boys, but there's, there's something that, you know, he was missing. And, uh, yeah. and, and so that's, that's exactly why I started doing coaching because there are tools and ways that people can hundred percent 180 their lives without having to go through the hero's journey without having to go through the trauma. Why create trauma in your life like that and go through that when there's an easier way? What if you can win and win more? What if you Mm -hmm. can, what if you can just have the things that you want without having to toil or work 17, 18 hour days? You know, when I had a software, when I had my software company up in full bloom, I was the 18 hour a day employee to myself because I know oh, yeah. how much I can do. And, you know, that doesn't serve your life. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there are a hundred percent, a ton of things that I give people as tools all the time to, to help move past many different ta- types of trauma or get to the environment that they want to have. Right. Well, can you give us one? One of your many tools. Just tell sure. us about one of this your is many tools. Easy, this is an easy one that I learned that I learned from a lot of people, and um, and, and so a lot of people have emotions that get stuck in their body, you know, and and you know, if you go with pure spiritual practices and stuff like that, a lot of that's going to tell you to go to the root of it and find where this came from and and take a look at it deeply. And some of that can take years and years of time, but you know, we. We live in the 21st century where we want to download a gigabit of information at a time. So that's mm-hmm. not really the, the fast lane, so to speak. So this tool that I learned, and it's easy to do with someone else. Um, you know, if you, if you want to just visualize, you know, if you, have, if you have an emotion that you're working on right now that, that's coming up, that fear, anger, anxiety, those, those kind of 
what I'll call negative emotions, right? If, if you have one of those going on right now for you, so just take, stop and take a minute. Think about where in your body this emotion exists. And, you know, you can point to it, not, not whatever, but just visualize where this emotion is, right? So you've got this emotion. Now, what color is it? Mm. What, what shape is it? What does it feel like if it were in your hand? How big is it? Right now that now you've got this, vi- this visual of where it's at and, and all of the things about it. Now, just picture yourself grabbing onto that emotion. And now in the count of three, one, two, three, pull it all the way out. Now replace it with what you would like to have instead. I am peace. I am love. I am joy. I am abundance in all things. Now, if you've done that, you still feel that emotion. And what you'll find is you don't. And it's very interesting. And wow, that's, that's cool. That's very cool. That's, that's just one very quick tool that you can use if you're, having, if you're having something come up and you don't want to necessarily unpack all of it right now. Mm-hmm. That's a really great way to eliminate it. And, and it will stay gone as long as you don't have more work. <laughs> so one of the t- one of the things I've heard before is deathbed thinking. So you'd like project yourself to your deathbed, like years in the future, whenever you think it's going to happen, and then you look back upon your life and say, you know, did I do what I wanted to do? And if if you can really put yourself in that spot and imagine it, then it might sort of trigger a life change at that point because you're like, do I really still want to keep doing this? to the point where I'm gone. Is that exactly? Yeah. So very true. And and honestly, you know, you can use your deathbed or you could use, you know, your hundredth birthday. Yeah. What does your hundredth birthday look like? Where are you? Much more optimistic. I like that one. That's good. (laughs) That's the thing that you can do. You know, where are you at in your hundredth birthday? What are you doing? Who's with you? You know, what, what things are you celebrating? And when you, and when you're blowing out those candles on your birthday cake for your hundredth birthday, you know, what things are you now wishing for having lived this great and full, wonderful life? I love it. And, and so those are the, so very much visualization. You know, we words don't describe, they define. Mm. And, you know, that's that's a that's a statement from neurolinguistic programming. However, it really does apply to self-help, spirituality. It applies to everything, right? Like in our world. We use a lot of words daily to describe ourselves or others. And are those words building you up or are they pushing you down? And, and, you know, those are the types of things that you can, that you can look at just in your normal speech pattern. And when you go out to a hundred years and realize how wonderful your entire life has been, how all the little stuff didn't really matter. And then you can say, okay, well, I got here because I lived a, happy, joyful, wonderful life connected to the many people that are around me. Nice. I love it. So now it's time to think like a futurist. It's the year 2033. Where will we be? Will we be, will we be more spiritual then? Will, do you think people will understand and and, I mean, see, see where things are going and and be, be more happy with their lives? Or do you think it was going to be even more turmoil? Honestly, I feel like, I feel like we are at the precipice of the AI revolution, if you call it, if you want to call it that. I feel like right now we have so many of these new tools that are giving us the ability to really unlock 
pieces of our mind that previously would have taken tons of work, tons of research. I, you know, there's tools like ChatGPT, which I absolutely love. You know, you can, it, you're only limited by how much you can think right now. And we have so many smart individuals that are taking these tools that at their basis and saying, what if, and what if on top of that. And so to me, when I look at 10 years out, I look at kind of this, this world where technology, spirituality, you know, we've, we've kind of brought all of this stuff together. And, and so, you know, the, the internet right now is, is a very, you know, outside of us thing. What if it was a very inside of us? What if we had yeah. access to all of that all of the time? I mean, our little phone devices were impossible 20 years ago, right? Like, you know, in 2000, when I graduated from high school, there wasn't even an iPod. Yeah. So, so like you couldn't even do any of this stuff. Our phone was a foot long. So if, you look at, so if you look at that for 10 years from now, and you look at how things change given software, you know, the, the rule of, of microchips, you know, how they've di divergent sized to be you know, so small that now... Like can it even be made in silicon? You know, I see I see a world that's more bio or you know integrated, where the things that we have and the things that we're able to use and do are now so sophisticated that it, that if you were to go back twenty years, it would absolutely feel like witchcraft. Right. So I, I just I see that as as our new front line for everything. You know, when I look at what we have as capabilities and possibilities, it's like this. This place that we're at now is the foundation for so much. Ten years down the road, I think you know the virtual reality stuff is just going to be like you know, like they show on the Ready Player One kind of deal, where you actually yeah. feel integrated. You know, and I feel like I feel like as far as like the tech, like this us talking, it's going to be more like we're standing in a room together, not really wearing a headset, but same kind of interaction, and yeah. I can see your full form. You know, so like I see those types of things. Um, as 10 years down the road, if I look at it from the healthcare perspective, I see where we're going with stuff, what we're doing with new solutions for medication management to simplify and to, you know, and to really make things that are patient friendly and, and reduce and eliminate errors. And I see where that stuff's going. And I see, and I see where this AI stuff is. And, and I see like, how do we merge the two of this to the point where, you know, integrated healthcare and spirituality and the medicine and things that we need is all just a part of one greater system that we all have access to all the time. And how can we get there? Well, the next couple of years, we'll see. No, that's fantastic. And I think we do need that sort of unified, unified theory of everything to, or to pull all this stuff together, because I think to, to, we've done too much splitting of all of this. We need to become whole again. I, I agree a hundred percent. It's like, you know, you, you look at some of the you know, drama in the news, so to speak, and it's like, and, it, and it, it speaks to that too. I think, I think everyone is looking for a more unified solution to everything. And I think that, you know, we get there, we get there through personal growth, through, you know, physical fitness, mental things, you know, working, working on being more resilient in ourselves. And then when we integrate that with the available technology and embrace that, you know, there's, there shouldn't be a fear of AI taking over the world, there should be a fear of not embracing it and ending up in more conflict instead of resolution. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. Uh, I love the, this. This is fantastic. Uh, what's the best? If somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way? The best way. So I have. So I have my website, which is um, unlockandascend.com. 
life. Um, so they can reach me there. Additionally, my email address, jonathanheika at gmail is a great way to get a hold of me quickly, directly. I respond almost immediately, almost because, you know, sometimes there's, there's things, <laughs> but, uh, but nonetheless, those are my two favorite ways. Uh, you know, if you explore the website too, you can see a little bit about myself, a little bit more about my story and some of the programs that, that I'm doing currently. Um, and, and yeah. Sounds good. I'll put it all in the show notes. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you, they can. So thank you so much. It's been great. Absolutely, Chris. Thank you for having me okay. on. I appreciate it. All right. Talk to you later. Cheers. Bye.